0: This is another one of those words from God that has been stirring in my soul during my own healing journey. It also, this was a word that also spoke to me volumes 19 years ago when I was healed of stage four melanoma. It is, a, it is I believe, another nugget, another truth that has the potential to help us to uh, receive all that God has for us to receive. So you're going to hear a lot of the meditations of my heart as I share this tonight. The the title of the message is The Resurrection Power of the Holy Spirit. The Resurrection Power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to start with Jesus and our Lord Jesus that was resurrected from the dead. On your your study notes, you'll see that uh, on the first page, there are four big Things that happened as a result of Jesus' resurrection from the dead that, that propelled the church to grow and to spread like a wildfire because of the resurrection of Jesus. So the first is that it was the, the apostles' number one message. If you pay attention, and I have been, when I read the book of Acts and when I read the epistles, whenever they're sharing You know, with a new group of people, whenever they're sharing about Jesus, the first thing that they share, the, the most important thing, the number one message that their tool for evangelism is that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. In fact, it was so important to them that it didn't matter what persecution followed, and a lot of persecution did follow it didn't matter that people thought they were crazy, that people thought they were rebels, that, that they were um, you know, taken in, and, and we know that almost all of the 12 apostles were martyred because of this message, but it didn't matter to them. Let me read the scripture to you. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses eight and nine. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead This is the good news I preach. The Apostle Paul is is speaking right now. And because I preach this good news, I'm suffering. And I've been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So this message of the resurrection of Christ was the number one evangelical tool. It is the one that, that helped them to receive people into the church to believe in this Jesus, in the Messiah. So that's the first thing. It was the number one message of evangelism. The second thing is that Jesus' resurrection from the dead gave conclusive evidence that Jesus Christ was indeed the Son of the living God. It gave evidence, conclusive proof, conclusive evidence that Jesus wasn't Uh, just a prophet. He wasn't just a holy man. He wasn't just an amazing um, uh, anointed person. He was the Son of God. The scripture that I'd like to read is from Romans chapter 1, and it says, this letter's from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle, and sent out to preach his good news God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is Scripture. One thing that must be settled in your heart is that the Word of God is absolute truth. The absolute truth of the Word says that he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is like no man who ever lived because of his resurrection from the dead. About two weekends ago, Kent and I were invited to go to dinner at the home of the people that bought our home. It was a, it was a kind of a rough dinner, a rough evening, because the people that bought our home are Muslim. And we knew that, of course, when we sold our house to them but I had a, uh, a sense from God. At first I was very, very upset, concerned. My home was my was my church. My home, our home was where I came to know Jesus. It's where I received healing. It's where I fell in love with God and, and developed my relationship with Him. You know, It's where I praised and worshiped by the hour and had my prayer time daily. You know, and had my retreat days and my spot days. That was my haven, my home. And when Muslims bought my home, first I was very upset. Of course, we didn't have to choose to sell, but we, we did. We chose to sell to them. And I felt God speak to me. And he said, Cindy, if a Christian family had bought your home, they're, they're already Christian, right? But if a Muslim family buys your home and they move into that environment, and they interact with you. Heart, tell them what's going to happen. Jesus, the Son of God, who was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, is my Jesus. And I talk about my Jesus all the time. And that's his spirit is in my home. But we went to dinner the other day, and it was during Ramadan. So our dinner was at 817 because that was when sun set. And when we sat down, um, there was a Ramadan prayer and um, the mother who had cooked all of the food, um, and it was beautiful, uh, cultural, amazing, delicious food. But as soon as she served the food, she left. And I said, where did your mama go? And Sadia said, She's, it's the hour of prayer or the you know, they have the certain times, I think there's five times during the day, call to prayer. It was time for the call to prayer, so she went in the my old bedroom and had her her prayer. So, and then, and different things through the night. They were talking, they were sharing a little bit about their beliefs in Muhammad and, and why they celebrate Ramadan, and I can't tell it back to you because it was completely foreign, of course, to me. Um, but then, the one thing that I did ask, there is... um. Uh, there was something on the wall that was in both the kitchen and then in the room where we used to have our piano. And it was a script. It was in brass, but it was like a script. But it wasn't anything I could read. It wasn't even letters. It was like a pictorial kind of um, writing. And I asked Sadie, I said, what does that say? And she said, that is our statement of faith. And she told me what it was. And I can't remember what it was, but it was something to the effect that Muhammad is the final prophet, something like that. And she said that is the statement when somebody is is converting to being a Muslim, that is the statement that they make. That's on the walls of my house. It's not my house, it's their house now. But um, the point being, (laughs) the point being their prophet Muhammad." did not raise from the dead. Their prophet, Muhammad, was not shown to be the son of God, like my Jesus, when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, They did tell me, um, because we we talked a little bit, they did tell me that um, they believe in Jesus as a prophet. Jesus was much more than a prophet. According to Scripture, according to the Bible, which is absolute truth, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is conclusive proof that, yes, he is indeed the Son of God. Amen. The third point that is true because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, it is also conclusive proof That the blood of our Lord Jesus had the necessary power to save us from our sins. Let's read another scripture. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For I have shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. Whenever you read something like that in scriptures, sit back and pay attention. Because God is saying, this is important. And here are those words... The truth. The Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold in the scriptures. So there's the truth. There is the truth that is of utmost importance, that he died for our sins and he was resurrected from the dead after three days. And then... Further evidence, it goes on, and it talks about the the people that saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. Then he appeared to Peter, the rock, and to the 12 apostles. He also appeared to more than 500 of his followers, most of whom are still alive, as I write this, said Paul, though a few have passed away. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles, Last of all, he appeared in front of me like one born prematurely ripped from the womb. Yes, I am the most insignificant of all the apostles, unworthy even to be called an apostle because I hunted down believers and persecuted God's church. But God's amazing grace has made me who I am. So first he told the, the, the truth that was of utmost importance. Then he gave the eyewitnesses. He gave the evidence of all of those eyewitnesses. And then um, I'm going to skip a, a few scriptures, and we're going to go on now to verse 16, I believe it is, because what, what's happening in the scripture is Paul was debating with some of the religious people who didn't believe in resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees didn't believe that there was resurrection of the dead. So he was giving them evidence. Paul was giving them evidence through Jesus that there is indeed resurrection of the dead. So verse 16, Paul says, if the dead aren't raised up, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. And if Christ is not alive, you are lost in your sins and your life is, and your faith is a fantasy. It's, It's like a fairy tale. It's not even real. Well, that's not the case. It is real because Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And our sins have been forgiven. And that is not a fantasy. That is absolute truth. In John chapter 1, verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, John the Baptist, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was a prophecy. John the Baptist saw in the spiritual realm what was to come. He knew that Jesus would be the perfect, unblemished lamb of God because before Jesus, there was a sacrificial lamb, a sacrificial system, and lambs were sacrificed every year on the Day of Atonement to cover sin, to atone for sin. John the Baptist, a prophet, when he saw Jesus come to him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sin of the world. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus himself speaks these words. He said, as he's offering the the cup of wine at at the Passover dinner, where he's going to be offered the next day as that sacrificial lamb. And he's offering that wine and and giving them the communion as a remembrance of what is going to happen tomorrow and then to remember it every time they take communion. And this is what Jesus said about that goblet of wine. He said, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Not the atonement of sin, but the remission of sin. There's a big difference. Atonement meant it had to be done over and over and over again because it only covered over sin, and the sin nature was still in the human person, the human being. But remission of sin means that once you've received the sacrifice through believing it, accepting it, declaring it, then sin is remitted you are cleansed. Your spirit is perfected once and for all. You are perfected. Sin is eliminated. And Jesus is declaring that. He said, this is the new covenant that I'm establishing, that I am ratifying legally. And, it, and my blood is, the, is, is given to you so that your sin may be remitted. In 1 John 3, 5, And you know That Jesus was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin so Jesus was manifested to take away sin so that is another powerful truth that is that is um, established because of the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and here's the fourth piece that I want to share It proves, Jesus' resurrection proves the omnipotence of our God. The all-powerful, almighty power of our God. Omnipotence means almighty, having virtually unlimited power, unlimited authority, and unlimited influence. This power that God Manifested through the Holy Spirit to raise Jesus from the dead was the greatest demonstration of God's power ever. Jesus' resurrection required more power than creating the universe, it required more power than parting the Red Sea, it required more power than any miracle that has ever been done ever in history. Because the demonic realm was doing everything that they could do to stop Jesus. That's why he was crucified. Judas was overtaken by the devil so that he would betray Jesus. The demonic was, had it all set in place. The religious people, the scribes, the high priests, the, and the Romans worked together. They never worked together. But the enemy put it all together, fit the puzzle pieces together so that Jesus would be killed. But it didn't work because Jesus and Abba had a plan. And their plan was that Jesus would be a living sacrifice. And the power that raised Jesus from the dead, not only raised Jesus from the dead, but destroyed the work of the enemy, destroyed the dominion of the enemy, destroyed his power over humanity forevermore the greatest power that was ever exhibited, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. Last night as I was sharing, I shared a little bit about um, an investigative reporter. Many of you probably know about his name's Lee Strobel. There have been several um, uh, documentaries, and um, he's written several books called one of them that I've, Really um, delved into is called the case for Christ, and it is evidence, evidence that Jesus is the Christ. The resurrection of Jesus from the Holy Spirit from the dead is one of the hugest pieces of evidence that Lee Strobel had in the movie. There's there's my favorite of all of his. Um, things that have been um, created with his work is the movie about his life. It's also called The Case for Christ. If you haven't watched it, go out there and get it on and stream it or however you get your movies and watch it. It's called The Case for Christ, and it's the story of Lee Strobel. Let me give you a little background. This man and his wife were atheists. He was an investigative reporter in Chicago, I think for the Chicago Tribune, and his wife was radically saved. God captured her attention when their little girl was rescued from death. Um, you can watch the movie to see all of that. But when her little girl was rescued from death, she gave her life to the Lord. And when she did, she started to change because that's what happens, right? When you when you when all of a sudden you have a relationship with the living God, everything changes. She was a new creation, and her husband didn't like that new wife. He didn't like that new creation. And he wanted his old wife back. He was completely dead set against her. He was complete atheist, and she was on fire born again. So this is what he did. He decided he was going to prove his wife wrong. And he went out there, because he was an investigative reporter, and he did his work, and he did it to the nth degree. He did research, 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 and more research. He did um, theological research, he did archeological research. He went to scientists that talked about, and not scientists, but historians that talked about crucifixion and what that actually did. He, he did everything he could possibly do. He talked to the experts, not just religious experts, but the, the historian and the archeological experts. And this is what happened. He proved his wife was right. (laughs) And he gave his heart to the Lord. And he has been an on-fire evangelist ever since. Kent said, he was sharing with me on the way home because I didn't know exactly what he's doing now, but he now is the head of a university in Texas, a theological university in Dallas, Texas. And he goes all over and shares his case for Christ, where he has proven absolutely, without doubt, that Jesus was raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead, he is the living son of God. We don't have a dead God. We have a living God, unlike Mohammed, unlike any other religion or whatever you want to call in this world. My God, my Jesus is alive. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now I'm going to make an amazing shift and an amazing connection because there is some really good news. I wanted to set the stage with the truth of our Jesus, but there's more. The word gospel means good news. And it also means almost too good to be true. And that's what I'm going to share with you tonight. Something that is almost too good to be true. And this is one of those nuggets that I have taken in my heart, and it has carried me through many, many times in my life when I needed the resurrection power of Jesus. Romans eight eleven is my foundation scripture, and it says... But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Amen. That's really good news. Now, this is my simple way to say it. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me because I'm born again. And when you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Spirit of God comes into your spirit, joins with your human spirit, and you will always be the host of his presence. Always. From that day for eternity. So the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, And the scripture, says, and that Spirit will Quicken my mortal body. Now, I want to talk about those two words, quicken and mortal body. So, the word quicken, I've done a little bit of research and I've had fun with this word. I even learned how to say it. The Greek word for quicken is zoapoeo. Zoapoeo. And this is what it means. I put this on your handout. To cause, to live, to make alive, to give life. Spiritual power to arouse and invigorate, to reanimate, to restore to life, to give increase of life. So the word quicken means, it can mean to completely go from dead to life, like somebody being raised from the dead. But it can also mean To reanimate or to reinvigorate something that is dead in your in your in your finances in your relationships in your body you might have a body part that needs healing you might need a new body part this scripture says that he will quicken our mortal bodies the word mortal bodies literally means liable or subject to death that's this body This body was born at at infancy, and there is a span of life that a physical body lives, and then it dies. It is susceptible to death and to, you know, being gone, but not our spirit and not our eternal life. That's a whole other thing. We're going to get there in a minute. But the, the mortal body is this thing right here, this earth suit, we're not gonna have it forever. The scripture says that the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit will quicken, will bring life to this mortal body. Now that's where God has just been speaking to me and breathing his life into me. I'm so excited to share it with you. Before I do though, I wanna give you a little bit more about the word zoapoe. This isn't on your notes. That word is a Greek word, of course, And it's a compound word. So it has two Greek words, the word zoe and the word poeo. The word zoe is God's kind of life. It's the fullness of life. It often describes the life of God, the fullness of life that God intends for us, zoe. The word poeo means to do. So when those two words are compounded together, It means to make alive with life. It carries the idea to revitalize, to rejuvenate, or to refresh with new life. Notice all of those words have the prefix re, which means do it again, rejuvenate, revitalize, refresh. God says, I can do it again. What is it that you need? Do you need a joint? Is your knee joint? You know, need some help. God says, the resurrection power of God is here to quicken, to bring new life, to reanimate, to revigorate, to replenish, to refresh, whatever it is that you have a need of. This is a truth, a little nugget. big nugget, actually, but it's an amazing nugget that should we choose to believe it, receive it, and apply it, miraculous things happen. Resurrection power of Christ happens. I'm going to read two more scriptures with that same Greek word, zōapoeo. Here's the next one, John 6, 63. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life, and that word, or those two words, gives life is the Greek word zoopoeo the Holy Spirit is the one who gives zōapoeo. that which is of the natural realm is of no help Jesus is saying these words the words I speak to you are spirit and life and that word life is zoe but if there are still some of but there are still some of you who won't believe now this I love this whole s- chapter out of John, John chapter 6. it a beautiful chapter. But what I want to share with you, step by step, in the Scripture, there are four powerful truths in one verse. The first powerful truth is that we receive Zawapoel from the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. That's what Zawapoel. So, is, is bringing life from the dead. We, rec- we receive that from the Holy Spirit. That is for us. The second truth, the second part of the scripture, that which is of the natural realm is of no help. We can't rely on the flesh. Human nature without God. Yes, we can, we can go to doctors, absolutely. We can do things in the natural. But for a supernatural healing, we need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is available for us. The natural realm, if we just rely on the natural, we're not going to have the best that God has for us. The third truth, Jesus says, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. And this is key, because when Jesus speaks, listen his words are vital in scripture uh, especially in well, in the gospels jesus does a lot of teaching a lot of sharing gives a lot of awesome powerful nuggets of truth they're vital we need to pay attention and when we take his words jesus's words and let those words come into our heart meditate on them, speak them out loud, they bring life. The words I speak to you are spirit and life. And here's the final point in Jesus' scripture here. But there are still some of you who won't believe. So the bottom line is we must believe in order to receive this resurrection life, this quickening this Holy Spirit resurrection power. We must believe it in order to receive the gift and the fullness of life that Jesus has for us. Jesus even said there are still some who don't believe, and Jesus was in the flesh doing miracles in front of their eyes, and still many didn't believe. Even his own family didn't believe until after he was resurrected from the dead. And then they did believe. I'm going to read another scripture with the same um, amazing word, Zoapoeo. This is Romans 4:17. As it is written, I have made you, and it's referring to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life, that poeo to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. The first 50 times I heard this. It was so confusing. It was like, I don't get that. So let me help a little bit. Let me try to help. I want to start with the second half of the scripture. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which don't exist as though they did. God is giving us an example. He is showing us an example. He's He's talking about Abraham being a father of many nations. But Abraham wasn't a father of many nations when he said that about him. He, was, he didn't have any kids. He was impotent, and his wife was barren. And they were 99 and 90-some 90 years old. They were very, very old. And there was no hope in the natural. Their bodies, that part of their bodies, was dead. There was no reproduction living stuff going on in there at all. But they weren't physically dead. They weren't in the grave. Their earth suit wasn't rotted and dust. But the scripture says, God, who gives life to the dead, you see, this, this truth that I'm telling you isn't just your everlasting life. It's more than that. It's your eternal life from the day that you receive Jesus until eternity and the fullness of life that Jesus has intended for you while you're on this earth. So the scripture says, God who gives life to the dead, how does he do it? By speaking, by calling those things which don't exist as though they did. And that's what he did. God called Abraham a father of many nations. In fact, if you go deeper into the story, Abraham's name wasn't Abraham. It was Abram. And Abram doesn't mean father of many nations, but Abraham does. So when God changed Abram's name to Abraham, Abraham was also calling himself the father of many nations. Every time he shared his name, or anytime somebody spoke his name. It wasn't just God speaking those things which be not as though they were. It was everybody who was calling Abraham by name. And then it came to pass. The word is zoaphoel. God gives life. God gives that Holy Spirit resurrection life. And one of the powerful truths, and I know Jen will probably talk about this next week, is speaking it, speaking life to the dead things, speaking resurrection life over whatever it is in your body or your life that needs resurrected to new life. I want to read Romans 8.11 one more time, and then we're going to go in a little bit different direction. Romans eight eleven. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus up from the dead dwells in you and me, and he does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies, bring resurrection life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Oh, that's good news. So what I would like to do is I would like to share with you the resurrection life, Of the Holy Spirit in your and my triune being we were created in the image of God God is a triune being and so are we we are spirit soul and body and this gift of resurrection life is for every part of our being and of course they all work together but I want to just share each one of these individually. And the first one is resurrection life for our spirit. Resurrection life for our spirit. Romans 6, verses 4 and 5. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. (laughs) Listen to this. We have been co-resurrected with him so we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. So the moment that you receive Jesus as your Savior, The old you is crucified. The sin nature is crucified. Sin is completely eliminated. And your new life is birthed. You are resurrected a new creature. Your eternal life begins from that moment on. Your spirit is completely perfected once and forever for eternity. You have received resurrection life in your spirit. Awesome. Praise you, God. But we also have the potential to be I have this fullness of life in our soul and in our body. Resurrection life for the soul. Now, when we're saved, Andrew Womack says it like this, we are one-third perfected. <laughs> but that's our spirit. But the soul, our soul and our body, think back to when you were saved, aren't changed Until we believe God, agree with God, and and let him change us, right? The same thing is true with this resurrection life that God has for us. So listen to this. One of Satan's greatest weapons is discouragement. And he knows exactly when to use it. He wants you, he waits until you're tired, weak, and susceptible to his lies. And then he hits you hard in different places and many times in your emotions, trying to tell you that there's no hope, trying to tell you that you're not good enough, trying to tell you that maybe this isn't real. What you thought was real mm, might not be real. The devil will get in there, especially when you're weak, especially when you're exhausted in those moments when we feel physically exhausted and yet there's no pause in your life there's no pause in your work in your responsibilities in your needs there's no pause that's when we need to go to Romans 8:11 that's when we need to speak resurrection life into that part of your being Jesus came not just to heal the physical bodies, he came to heal our souls as well. This means that if you will yield to the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, he will supernaturally revitalize you. He will rejuvenate you. This is zoopoeo. He will refresh you refresh you with brand new surge of supernatural life. He will fill you with so much resurrection power that you will be ready to get up and go again. I've experienced this over these last eight months when I've been in my healing journey. I have, you've heard this over the weeks, over the months, but yes, I was meditating on words of, of the promises of God for healing. Yes, that was the meditation of my heart. But as I was meditating on his words for healing, on his promises for healing, the resurrection life was ministering to my soul. God was loving me. He was strengthening me. He was invigorating me. I I, I saw the parallel in a huge way. I was seeking healing. I was seeking Um, the promises of God for my physical body and I was meditating on his word but as I was meditating on his word he was loving me with his word he was building me up and encouraging me with his word and as I was encouraged things happened like trust joy expectation fear was washed away The the negative emotions were were not, you know, they didn't rise up and attack me. As I was letting the word of God minister to my soul, what was happening? The resurrection life of the Holy Spirit was resurrecting my soul. So I went from fear to faith. I went from, um, you know, pain to no more pain. And having God just, I mean, I was dancing all over the place and shouting and you know, in uh, in awe of what God was doing in me in the midst of all of this. And I will say this, and I bet many of you can agree with me. At those times when it appeared like it was the the most difficult time, that's when God just fueled you, fueled me the most. It was like he was giving me... um, the ethanol fuel, (laughs) the one, the high grade, the premium. I wasn't getting the E85 or whatever that low one is. I was getting the premium every time I would go to my God in my prayer chamber. He was just giving me this, and what is it? Zoopoleo, the resurrection life of the Holy Spirit. But our part is to yield to the Spirit. And in order to do that, we need relationship with God. We need to open up his Word. Turn on the praise and worship music. Put yourself in an environment for the Holy Spirit to be in, in, now he's always in our midst, but to recognize him, to to, um, be prepared for him to just come in and take over. Amen. So resurrection life for your spirit, resurrection life for your soul. And thirdly, resurrection life. For your mortal bodies. Think about Jesus once again. There's a scripture in, in um, Isaiah, I think it's 52, and the scripture says that Jesus was so brutally beaten and broken that he wasn't even recognizable as a man. He was so, so torn. His body, his flesh, his head, his back, his, his, he, he was, you know, pierced in his hands and in his, in his in his side and and he in his feet and he was crucified and he was suffocated and he died he was completely dead buried in a tomb for three days and we know what happens to a body when it's in a tomb or when it's dead for three days it rots and yet jesus was resurrected to new life when he was resurrected he was complete He, when the apostles saw him, he was sharing bread with them. He was breaking bread with them. He was, he, they, at one point they, they were out fishing and they saw him on the shore and he was grilling fish and he was eating fish. He even said, look at me, I'm eating just like you. His body was resurrected. So here, I want to read the the definition for quicken once again, and then, and then I'm going to pose a question. Zoopoeo, resurrection life for you and me. To cause to live, to make alive, to give life. Spiritual power to arouse and invigorate. To reanimate, to restore to life, to give increase of life. To revitalize, to rejuvenate, to refresh with new life. And now here's my question what in your life needs resurrection is it a part of your body is it your joints is it your digestive system is it weakness or fogginess or lack of clarity in your brain is it your physical heart Is it your immune system maybe it isn't something in your body maybe it's something in your finances that needs resurrection or your marriage or your relationship with your children what is it that needs resurrection what I'm going to share with you now for the rest of the time that I'm going to share and then we're going to have ministry I'm going to share what I have been looking back and, and seeing as, as my testimony, what has been resurrected in my life over the last eight months. And I am going to share not only what's been resurrected, but, but what I spoke, how I, I um, ministered to my own soul with the word of God, with Romans 8.11, in each of these situations. This is so simple and yet so very, very powerful. And I think if I share my story, it's going to help you to apply it in your story. Because it's all his story anyway. Amen. Okay, the first part of my testimony is about my immune system. So I was diagnosed with cancer on September the 10th, which is the day we moved out of our our house. And on September the 11th, I went to God in my prayer chamber, and I asked him the why question. And I said, God, I didn't necessarily ask why. I said, what did I do? What did I do to open the door to cancer again, you know, 20 years later? And he immediately showed me that I had allowed my immune system to be compromised. I had been pushing myself and working hard, too hard, too long without resting or being refreshed. But he showed me it wasn't just in my physical body, it was also in my spiritual walk, that I wasn't... Resting and being refreshed in my spiritual walk or with um, my body. It was right before the move, um, you know, and all of that was a ton of work. And and it is right now, too. So I am taking heed <laughs> to this message that God gave me. Believe me, I'm taking heed. But this is what I want to show you. God is so good. A year before, I was diagnosed in September of 2020 in... um. August of 2019, God spoke to my heart, and this is what I wrote in my journal on that day. Father spoke to me, and he said, come away, my love, and I will fill you afresh and anew. You will find what you've been seeking. Put me on your calendar. I need you, and I desire to pour into you. When I heard that from God, and I wrote it down, it was very clear. When I heard that from God, I was taken aback because God told me to come away with him and I was already coming away with him. I, have, I had a set of time, a set apart time with him every day, consistently. But when he spoke that to me, I listened. And I thought, okay God, I don't understand why, but yes, I say yes to you. So I got out my calendar, because he told me to put, put it on my calendar. So I got out my calendar and I marked one morning a week to set myself apart, to come away with him. So I, and it was different every week because my, my, my weeks are busy, but I would look on my monthly calendar and, and I would pick out a morning every week. And then when people would call me for appointments or for ministry, that was on my calendar and nothing would change it. So I started having these retreat days with God and what happened was the resurrection life of my soul because every time i would spend a morning with god all morning he would minister to me more than i could begin to minister to him it was so deep and so amazing i changed the name of my the, the name that i put on my calendar from retreat morning to spa day because that's what it felt like and i would look forward to it it was like yes it's my spa day Because it was so rich and so amazing. And then, one year later, in August of 2020, this is one month before I was diagnosed, Ken and I were in a worship service right here at Rochester. I was on a Wednesday night. And um, Dawn Anderson came up behind me. She was sitting somewhere behind me in church. And after church, she came to me and she says, I have a word for you. I didn't go seeking a prophetic word. God brought it to me. And this is the word God spoke through dawn and he said fill your own tank my beautiful daughter you give so much to so many take care of yourself feed yourself I'm leading you out of here and I'm also your rear guard so the point I'm trying to make is that yes God said my immune system I had allowed my immune system to get broken down but he had given me steps to take prior to that. And I had still pushed, 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 pushed. Yes, I did do my retreat day, but I was still doing too much and not resting in the way that I should have been. So, OK, now this is what I want to share with you. I've learned since then a little bit about the immune system, because God said your immune system, you let it get compromised. So I thought, well, OK, what does that mean? What, is, what does that look like? Well. In your immune system, there's something called T cells. And they're a type of a blood cell, a white blood cell, and they're one of the major components of your immune system. This is their job. The job of the T cells includes directly killing infected specific antigen host cells. Those are cells that produce antibodies. So there can be infected immune system cells. The T-cell's job is to go after them and to kill them. That's their first job. Their second job is to activate other immune cells. And their third job is to regulate the immune system. And then I learned that T-cell dysfunction, which is also called T-cell exhaustion, occurs in chronic infections and cancers. T-cell exhaustion. My immune system was exhausted, and that's scientific. And then when I went to, for the rounds of tests, and they did a bunch, bunch of blood work, one of the things they tested was immunoglobulin. I can't hardly say that word. And it showed that my immune system was low, that my, that my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. So it confirmed what God said. Before this, as well, before I was diagnosed with cancer, I didn't even know about T cells and because um, I don't do research and I'm not going to unless God brings it to me and um, Fran pastor Fran on our Monday night meeting had a word of knowledge and it was about T cells I was not diagnosed with cancer yet and I didn't know any of this and she had a prophetic word about T cells or a word of knowledge and it it caught me to the heart I didn't even really know what it was But after God told me, you know, you've allowed your immune system to get broken down, I went and I looked it up to learn about that. So what did I do? This is where I stepped into action in the spiritual realm. I started speaking resurrection life to my immune system. I started speaking resurrection life to the T-cells in my body. I have been speaking to T-cells for eight months. This is what I tell my T-cells. I say, T-cells, listen up. You will be multiplied and magnified. Those are the two words God gave me. Multiplied and magnified to do your work, to go into my body, to destroy any cells of cancer. And, and my immune system is strong in Jesus' name because the resurrection life of God is working in me to heal my immune system. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens, zoopoeo, revives my immune system. And I would just imagine and see my immune system working and doing what it was supposed to do. Amen. Another part of my medical protocol was immunotherapy. Well, I don't know what that was, but immunotherapy has the word immune in it. And God told me my immune system had a problem. So this is what I learned. The, the, this medicine, the immunotherapy, works by targeting malignant cells in the body so this is what it does it puts a bullseye on those malignant cells and then the body's natural immune defenses are recruited to attack and to kill those cells that have the target on them so what did i do i spoke over those of that medicine i said god thank you for that immune immunotherapy thank you for that medicine I thank you that it's doing just what it did supposed to do God I I speak blessings I'm gonna teach about blessings in another session but I spoke blessings over that immunotherapy medicine that it would do exactly what it's supposed to do and no negative effects only good and nothing bad and the result my post-treatment PET scan showed that all cancer in my lymphatic system was completely resolved. I believe that my immune system has been revived, revitalized. One of the things my my medical center, my healing center, an amazing healing center, they have never told me ever that my immune system is compromised so I can't be around people. Even if they told me I would still be here. (laughs) But they never told me that. So I never had that fed into my soul. Um, I have felt amazing, except when I had COVID. <laughs> I have felt amazing this whole time. Um, I am strong. I have not had any yucky stuff. No, no bugs, no flus, no nothing. Why? My immune system. My immune system is strong and is keeping me strong. Amen. Okay, here's the second part of my body that's been um, resurrected to new life. My bones. The original PET scan showed cancer damage in multiple areas in my bones and I shared this a couple of weeks ago and I'm gonna share it again I didn't know this until after I was healed because I never read the I never read the um, portal thing and the doctor I chose not to ask I chose not to ask so but now I know and the reason I love to share it now is because it's a testimony the cancer in my bones was in my right jaw it was in both of my shoulder sockets. It was in both of my scapulas, or my, the shoulder blades, is that scapula? It was in one of my clavicles. It was in both sides of my rib cage. It was in my thoracic vertebrae. It was in my lumbar vertebrae. It was in my sacrum. It was in my both sides of my pelvic bones. It was in my left femur, and it was in my right knee. What have I been doing? I have been speaking Romans 8:11 over my bones. The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal, my mortal body. God, I thank you, that the resurrection life of the Holy Spirit is resurrecting my bones to life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in me and my bones are being given new life. I began to prophesy over my bones. Alice gave me this word maybe six weeks ago, and I, it, I added it to my repertoire of God's words for me. It's from Ezekiel, and this is the word that I speak. Then he said to me, and I take this personally, then God said to Cindy, speak a prophetic message to your bones and say this, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath in you and make you live again. Amen. Bones, hear that? Live again. I'm prophesying to you, live again in the mighty name of Jesus. And my post-treatment PET scan showed Every single area in my bones, every cancer was resolved. That's the word they use. It didn't light up anywhere. And they went through the PET scan one after the other. This area, this area, this area, this area, this area. Resolved, 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 resolved. Now that's the cancer from the bones. I don't. I have not had a test to to look at the mass of my bones. So what am I doing? I am speaking and believing and trusting God. I have also had much, much evidence in the way that I feel because I feel amazing. I believe God protected me in a huge way because even though there was cancer in all of those places, I only had pain in one place. I only had pain in my lower back. I didn't have pain anywhere else. And, and Kent and I have been kind of talking about this a little bit, and it's like God is so good. You know, if I hadn't had that pain, I wouldn't have known. Um, He protected me from everything else, and I know a lot of people who have had cancer in their bones with a ton of pain. The only medicine I ever took was Tylenol. Took a lot of Tylenol. (laughs) But um, I never needed pain medicine. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Resurrection, life. And the third area of my body that I believe he's given me this Holy Spirit resurrection power and life in is my blood and my bone marrow so in the cancer that I was diagnosed with which was lymphoma it can occur in many places in the body including the bone marrow I knew that the final test they told me at the beginning that the final test to give evidence to my healing would be a bone marrow biopsy so what did I do I spoke Romans 8:11 over my bone marrow father thank you that the same Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is in me resurrecting my bone marrow to complete perfection and complete health and my blood I thank you that my bone marrow is perfect I thank you that my blood is restored to health and to normal and I just spoke resurrection life every day and I didn't spend a lot of time I just spoke over these things every day and I had some promises that God gave me specifically for bone marrow the first one was Proverbs 3 verses 7 and 8 this word he gave me before I was diagnosed with cancer, because the first thing that I was concerned with was what I thought was sciatica. And so I was looking for scriptures about nerves. Little did I know that God had it all packed into one scripture, everything I needed. He told me, he said, Cindy, don't be wise in your own eyes. He's been speaking that to me in different scriptures all over the Bible. Get out of my way. Don't do it your way, do it my way, Cindy. Humble yourself. Don't be wise in your own eyes. But fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience. Fear the Lord. That means trust him more than you trust anything else. Choose to please God more than men. Choose to please God more than anything or anyone else. Reverence him, worship him, submit to him, humble yourself beneath him, obey him reverence the lord with all your heart and turn entirely away from evil i see that phrase as twofold one of the 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 pieces in turning entirely away from evil is turning away from strongholds of sin strongholds of things like bitterness or anger or rage or or um um unforgiveness or um uh uh negativity or things like that so i searched my heart god is there any stronghold that i have in my heart show me so that's one of the pieces the other part about turning entirely away from evil is turning away from the negative and not letting your focus be on it and i have done that from day one no matter what the stupid devil is trying to shout in my head i shout louder with the word of god or i put praise music right here in my ears with earbuds loud so that the devil can't scream in my ear or or um, whatever it is I don't want to. I don't want my focus to be there turn entirely away from evil so when evil tries to slam me in the face uh, if what does that do it propels me to God it propels me to worship it propels me to the Word of God Devil, stupid he attacks and it pushes me further and higher and deeper to my God because that's where I run so turn entirely away from evil and then there's a promise and then there's an amazing promise God says Cindy it will be health to your bone marrow it'll be health to your body and then he breaks it down your bone marrow your nerves your sinews your muscles all your inner parts the cancer that was in my vertebrae had had um, moved into the soft tissue around my vertebrae so that was for that for all the soft tissue in my body and refreshment and physical well-being to your bones so what did I do I took this word and I meditated on it and I talked to God about it and I talked to my body about it and I spoke this over my body I called those things which were not as though they were according to the scripture and I also had a prophecy about my bone mirror and my blood this is from Ezekiel chapter 6 And when I pass by you, God's speaking to me. God's saying, Cindy, when I pass by you, I saw you struggling in your own blood. And I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. So I took that scripture as God speaking to my blood, to my bone marrow and saying, live. Resurrection life of the Holy Spirit. When we Um, allow the Holy Spirit to move and to yield to him in regards to his word Jesus says my words are spirit and they are life they are Zoe and my post-treatment bone marrow biopsy showed no lymphoma in my bone marrow my bone marrow has been revived and energized and strengthened by the mighty resurrection power of the Holy Spirit hallelujah hallelujah yay Jesus Yay. And that's not for me alone. That's for all of his kids.